Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics podcast. This week, David and I are going to be having a candid chat about everything that's happened as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. We won't have a guest and we're just going to talk freely. This is unedited and unscripted. We hope you enjoy it and I hope you're well. Hi, mate. How are you today? Uh, everything feels very surreal. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. What it's a week today that we recorded with uh, Professor Mary Louise, mm. and I think then we were kind of like, okay, this thing's coming. Uh, be good to get some information out there for people who maybe are still a little bit curious as to what the hell's going on. But so much has happened in the last yeah. seven days. Well, it feels like there's almost um, we're getting new information. And things are changing two or three times a day. Yeah. Um, I mean, last night we had uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Um, addressing the nation at the end of the, the cabinet meeting that yeah. they hold, um, talking about, I guess, where we're at, the new dis- new restrictions um, that have just come into play that take effect tonight. Midnight. At midnight, tonight. yeah, which will affect uh, my businesses. And that, you know, that announcement was, what, at nine, half nine at night? Yeah. So literally, hour by hour, things are changing. And uh, I guess the purpose of today's podcast, it's... Um, if it's pretty obvious uh, that we can't, you know, carry on talking about facelifts and new devices, it's just not appropriate. It's not sensitive, uh, and it's not relevant because we can't work. Yeah, well, everything—the importance of um, all of these things, um, you know, cosmetic treatments, you know, fashion, politics, um, <laughs> all these sorts of things. Um, Get a lot of perspective at the moment. Yeah, when these sorts of these sorts of events take place, it, it sort of puts puts things into perspective and you realise how unimportant um, all of these things are to a certain degree. I mean, there's a lot of um, merit in discussing how things like injectable treatments and, and beauty treatments help people maintain um, some kind of uh, positivity, yep. um, you know, pampering themselves during very stressful times. Yeah. Um, so there is the mental, and I think a lot of people are, are very um, focusing a lot on uh, the health side of things from from a physical perspective, which obviously is paramount. Yeah. Um, but there's also the other side of that as well, which is the mental health side yeah. of things as well, because this is very, very stressful. I mean, you and I, whilst we're going to be heavily impacted, are in a lot better position than a lot of other people um, who are going to feel feel this yeah. um, a lot more. And I think that um, there is there is still merit to 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 be able to provide things for people that help them feel good about themselves in very stressful, trying times. Yeah, I mean, look, as an injector, and that's why I love what I do, I'm passionate about making people look and feel good. It's, yeah. it's the ethos of the podcast. It's the ethos of what I do day to day. But there comes a point where you have to kind of hold up the white flag and say, do you know what? This is a sinking ship. We need to make sensible decisions, not only for the economy, but for public health. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've been pretty vocal on social media this week, um, you know, about social distancing and being serious about this. I mean, you know, I don't want anyone criticizing us doing the podcast because, you know, we've actually practiced social distancing today. Mm. You left the front door open for me. We obviously haven't, you know, shaken hands, no high fives, no, high <laughs> fives, no man hugs today. Um, you know, 
I think this podcast for a lot of people is a source of valuable education and I take this as seriously as work. Mm. It's not a hobby. It's not fun. Uh, Sometimes it's fun. <laughs> yeah, not, not at the moment, no. unfortunately. I feel like this is uh, going to be a bit of frank, honest discussion today because, mm. you know, we're in the unique position of you being a business owner of clinics, mm. which up until tonight have still been open. I'm an injector who made a decision to down my tools maybe a bit earlier than some, and yet you're my employer. Mm. So we're in that <laughs> weird dynamic where I've sort of gone against what you would ideally like. Yeah. Well, because, you know... Yeah. It's it's a difficult situation, and, and um, everyone's got their own set of issues and challenges, yeah. um, and a lot of the time they conflict because this has all happened so quickly. Yeah. Um, you've got, obviously, the the absolute um, horrific medical fallout um, where lots of people are going to be unfortunately dying. Yes. Um, a lot of people who are going to have, you know, very horrible periods in their life where they're going to be quite unwell and which obviously impacts their, their immediate circle of, of family and close, uh, close friends and family. Um, and then there's also the economic side, which is, um, you know, people losing their jobs, um, businesses not being able to, um, weather the storm yep. um, that will in inevitably close. Um, and I guess because this has unfolded so quickly and, you know, I don't envy people um, like Scott Morrison and, um, you know, other leaders at this time are very, very stressful. Yeah. Um, like no matter what you say or do, it's not going to be there is beneficial no for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's happened so quickly that people don't really, you know, you're, you're sort of torn between, you know, social distancing and making sure that you're healthy and not potentially uh, jeopardizing the health of your friends and family and, and work colleagues and, yeah. and patients and clients. Um, but then the other, the, the reality of, well, I've still got bills to pay. You know, am I going to get kicked out of my home if I can't pay my bills? Am I going to lose my business? Am I going to get kicked out by my landlord? Is my car going to get repossessed? All these sorts of things. And I think the government's been scrambling to try and, um, you know, stem stem the flow of bleeding, um, give people, uh, as um, as the PM has been saying, a, a cushion to cushion the blow. Um, but when, you know, I guess in in direct response to your question around, you know, you deciding that you wanted to put down your tools, I mean, how, how could I... Um, as someone with a conscience, hold that against you. Yeah, we had a pretty um, honest chat on mm. Sunday night where, I don't know, I just had this, not even an epiphany, because it had been on my mind for at least two weeks, but, you know, going back to what you were saying about making people feel good and practicing in a safe way, and, you know, there are still clinics doing that today, and they've announced they're going to carry on mm. until they're officially forced. But, um, you know... I don't know, just something in my head said, I just can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's probably because I've got more than one eye on the fact that I might be useful somewhere else. It's not just, I can't inject anymore. There's, there's a greater calling for, for doctors and nurses and anyone who's got something to, to give to this. So that was my um, decision. But, you know, I just don't think as clinics, injectors, whatever you're offering, I don't think that you can say or guarantee that you're being safe. That that's that was my take on it. Mm. Um, yes, we can barrier mask, we can wear eye shields, we can clean our hands a hundred times a day. Um, but, you know, at some point you have to say, okay, is anti-wrinkle treatment balanced against threat of spreading coronavirus a good thing to do and I think the obvious answer is probably not mm. but unfortunately because the government 
in my opinion, have been a little bit grey. You, you sort of said that they're cushioning the blow. Mm. For a lot of people running a business or uh, a nurse who's an injector needing that money to feed her kids, that decision is not black and white. No. Um, and thank God, well, it's still a bit grey, but most clinics now have said, okay, from midnight tonight, regardless of money or, or safety, we have to close. Um, the greyness comes from the fact that I think the wording was beauty clinics, spas, um, those sort of tanning, things. Nails, tanning, nails. All those nails, sort of beauty treatments, yeah. So it seems like um, some of the people that are, are still open providing what I would still call beauty treatments because you're still beautifying people's appearance. They're not there for... Uh, a medical reason they're not going to die if they don't have an anti-wrinkle treatment done or yeah. it's not going to have any negative impact on their physical health yes and i maybe there's a bit of people mm, well, look, you, the, you know loop, like, maybe i wouldn't call it a loophole but it's semantics i i, I mean I, I i would classify them in the same and i think the decision's been made because um i guess you're in very close proximity to a lot of people in a in a relatively uh, of cl close environment if you're injecting a face whether you've got a mask on or not you're directly over someone's face mm -hmm. breathing on them them breathing on you yeah. walking through the clinic touching yeah. stuff yeah. on a bed etc yeah um so, yeah, and I think the legal loophole is that people are saying, well, we are allied health professionals, mm. therefore we are not a beauty clinic and therefore we can stay open. I'd Personally, I'll, I'll probably get, um, you know, criticised by some for saying this, but I just think that's nonsense. Yeah. Well, you know? no matter what you say or what your opinion is, someone someone's not going to agree with you, yeah. um, even if you were, had the opposite stance. So, I mean... Look, like, that's uh, yeah. what happens when we run a podcast. We, we air our opinions live... You can take it or leave it, but uh, that's my opinion. Yeah. Well, as I said, it's it's tough. Um, you know, these are unprecedented times. I mean, these these stories that we've that we've heard from relatives, grandparents. You know, like they're almost like fables. <laughs> you know, it's like something that you heard about. Oh, yeah, granddad, that's great. You know, the war and the depression and all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. this is two thousand and nineteen or two thousand twenty, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, those sorts of things. You know, can't and won't happen. So I think that this whole this whole series of events is going to rock a lot of people's worlds. Well, um, it's going to be a reality shift for everyone to some extent. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're a business owner, a millionaire, uh, whatever, you are going to suffer or have to change what you do from now yeah. on. It'll, no, no one will be completely unscathed and it'll affect um, different people to different levels depending on your, um, I guess, uh, socioeconomic um, position, yeah. um, where in the world you live, um, your individual um, circumstances in terms of your health, whether you're already compromised, yeah. um, all those sorts of things will, it'll affect everyone in different ways. Um, but, you know, in the, in, I guess, in some of the downtime that I've had to think about the situation and in some ways I feel that um, perhaps, perhaps this is, perhaps this is a, a, um, like a warning, a warning shot, hmm. um, uh, to us as a species or a civilization, I guess, especially in the Western world where, you know, we just consume, yeah. we want more, we want to be famous, we want to be rich, we want to be all these sorts of things. It's about more acquiring things, you know, raping and pillaging the planet, um, you know, people disliking each other because of what God they believe in or what color their skin is or whatever yeah. um, seems to be so unimportant and so um, stupid. Yeah. When you, put, when you put things in perspective, now we have a real problem on our hands. Yeah, you just, uh, 
hope that the only good thing that can come of this is that we cooperate as nations a yeah. lot better than we do. Yeah. And we really take seriously um, the whole question of global warming and, like you said, consumerism, capitalism. It just cannot carry on as it is, regardless of COVID. But I think COVID is really laser-focused, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, it feels it feels like, um, you know, there's a lot of people talking about all sorts of conspiracy theories that are interesting around, you know, was this something that was done <laughs> intentionally? Was it, wasn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, we're here. Yeah. Um, but in some ways, it feels like maybe this is nature's way of responding <laughs> to Press us. the reset button. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's so, it's almost eerie when you think about the fact that um, what's happening now almost in some ways mirrors what happened to our country not more than a couple of months ago with the bushfires where yeah. it just, you know, indiscriminately, you know, tore through millions and millions and millions of, you know, um, hectares of, of land and killing wildlife and trees. Yeah. Um, and now it feels like we're almost experiencing that in the similar cities. type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not getting burnt alive, thankfully, but in terms of the disruption and, you know, just the, the, uh, the chaos it feels very similar. But the, the weird and unusual thing about this is it, because it's a silent killer, silent enemy, whatever you want to call it, this is what's made social distancing so difficult for people to understand and, and carry out. Because, you know, you can go to a shopping mall and still buy some clothes and wander around and get a coffee and there's no immediate threat. Yeah. And you think, well, what's all the problem? But, the issue is that, you know, you're picking up stuff on your hands, you might give it to your kids, you might give it to your parents who live with you. It doesn't really matter how it happens. The point is, unless you stop that chain, that domino effect, this is just going to go on and on and on. And, you know, if you're really serious about wanting to keep your job or, you know, uh, make an income, the quicker we get over this, the better. Yeah. And yet it's those people who are kind of whinging who are perpetuating the problem. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, like, again, different people deal with, with stress in different ways. Yeah. Um, especially if you haven't dealt with much stress before. And I think there's a lot of people um, around the world, again, especially in, in Western countries like Australia and America, where we're, you know, we're, we're very, very super lucky to be living in, in privileged times um, where we don't want for anything usually. Um, anything that we need, we can pick up our smartphone or our tablet and get an answer on something. We can order food online, it gets delivered to our house. We want to order a piece of clothing. It gets, we can just basically get whatever we want whenever we want it yeah um, we were just saying uh, you know if you're in syria right now yeah, this is a good day <laughs> if you were locked in a nice house with deliveroo and netflix yeah. you would cut someone's hand off to get that yeah, yeah. so you know this is all perspective yeah well and, you know uh, how worst times that could be compared to some and as you said someone in a much worse situation this could be an amazing day for them mm. um but i think i think there will be a lot of people that will struggle with this who haven't had to deal with much um adversity and yeah. disappointment um, in their life, this will be a real a real test. You know, and that's not to say that those um, fears and worries aren't unfounded. Oh, There's, there, you know, your, your bubble is your bubble. And so if suddenly you can't leave your house, you can't do your job, you can't uh, take your kids out, I, I get it. I'm in that situation. Yeah. I've got two small kids at home and it's uh, challenging because they don't understand. You can't explain to a three-year-old why you're not going to daycare who, you know, or you can't explain why we're not going to the park because you don't want them to touch all the swings and the slides, etc. So, 
Yeah, it's... How are they coping with it? I mean, what's their, um, what's their take on the situation? Well, so we had a nanny who was amazing and helping us out. And unfortunately, we had to let her go because we couldn't continue to pay someone whilst we were at home. Mm. Um, we didn't really want someone coming in uh, and out the house who's using buses, etc. It's yeah. just sort of a another social distancing sort of aspect to it. But yes, she misses her nanny. And I'm sure my little son does as too. He's probably not even knowing what the hell's going on. He's only mm. 10 months. Yeah. I mean, how do you explain this to, to a toddler? Yeah. But, it, you know, for a three-year-old, you you know, you can't really say anything. Yeah. Whereas I know my uh, sister's daughter, she's five. They've just said, oh, there's a nasty bug going around, so you can't go to school. Yeah. So she sort of understands that. Mm. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in that situation, but it is what it is, you know. You can't um, moan about it. Yeah. Sure, sure will eventually, but... Well, <laughs> it's like we're, we're all in this position. I mean, you can either choose to to fight it and be negative and, and, you know, talk about all the, all the, all the horrible things, but, um, you can either choose to, to try and make, to be positive about it and look for the things that we can do and yeah. what the positives might be out of this situation. And, yeah. you know, out of every disaster comes the opportunity to rebuild. Yeah, exactly. And maybe this is an opportunity for us as a, as a, as a species, um, to rebuild things better, to yeah. do it differently, to be more considerate of our fellow man, to be more considerate of the planet, yeah. um, to have our eyes open a bit more about what is really important. Exactly. Now, we've kind of gone off script, and yes. in fact, we don't even have a script, <laughs> but yeah. there will be a lot of uh, injectors, let's kind of get a little bit relevant to the core topic of yes. the podcast, who were wondering from a business perspective, mm. business owner perspective of, uh, you know, you're going to close your doors tonight, midnight you know lock and key yeah that's it what do you truthfully honestly brutally honestly think is going to happen to your clinics the truth is i don't know um depending on the i'm lucky i've got um the majority of my clinics in the act region so um capital city capital city yeah in, in in australia yeah so um in the ACT or in Canberra, there's a huge populace of people that work for the government. So there's a huge amount of job security. It's a bit like Washington in the States, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's, it's, it's kind of, a, should you just explain the geography for people who don't understand yeah, what Canberra so, is? Okay, so Canberra, for anyone that's not in, uh, in Australia or familiar with Australian geography, Canberra is, a, is the nation's capital which is around about three hours southwest of Sydney. Um, but it's weird because Canberra's almost like they've carved out a section of New South Wales because no matter which, um, if you anywhere you venture outside of the Canberra ACT region, you're back in New South Wales. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, so basically... It's like that, the Truman that, Show. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. in like this micro yeah, bubble. Yeah, it is, yeah. So I'm lucky that my most of my business is there and so far they seem to be weathering the storm hmm. the best just because I, I think of that large... Um, uh, public workforce that have got good incomes and, uh, and good job security. So people are a little less probably worried financially yeah. compared to some of the other major cities like Sydney, for example, which tends to be a lot more sensitive to economic bumps and changes. Um, obviously a lot more competition here as well. Yeah. Um, things tend to move a little bit quicker. I'm sure that Canberra will probably be more heavily affected eventually but at the moment it seems to be a little further along the domino chain mm. um in terms of sydney i don't know it really depends i mean there's a lot of things hinging on um landlords rent so like my clinic in sydney is located in a, in a westfield center and 
Um, I haven't checked my emails in the last hour or so, um, but up until last night, for example, there wasn't any um, any news from from them in terms of rental relief or abatement. So I guess they're still expecting us to pay our full rent, yep. which is not insignificant. I mean, that's like you know, for a shop inside like a Westfield centre of you know any reasonable size, um, you know, you're looking at fifteen to twenty grand a month yeah. in rent just to keep um, the doors open, yeah, let alone make a profit. Yeah, and then you've got I've had to lay off like a number of staff, which is heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, it's not nice letting people go in the you know in the best of times um, when they maybe have done something wrong. It's still not a nice feeling to let someone go, but to let someone go who's a good staff member, yeah, um, who's done nothing wrong. Um, who you know is going to be impacted by this decision, it's, it's really hard. I mean, anyone that says that, that terminating someone is easy, um, is, That's rubbish. it's rubbish unless you're a sociopath. I mean, um, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. But at the end of the day, you have to do what you need to do to survive. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's an, an unspoken contract that um, if things, if and when things return to normal, that those people will be able to have their jobs back. Of course, yeah. Um, but for the time being, you have to stem the flow of bleeding. Um, so in terms of where businesses are at, look, we're doing everything we can to reduce our staff numbers to a point where we can still sustain looking after the clients that we've still got, mm -hmm. um, but trying to cut unnecessary expenses so you don't have people standing around basically twiddling their thumbs that you have to pay for. Mm. Um, I mean, luckily, um, the Australian government has given a lot of these people um, the benefits so they can still eat and, and sort of live and get by. So but the jury's still out on things like rent, which I think probably will be coming soon. So in terms of rent for um, small businesses um, and then for people who rent where they live as well, because um, I don't think that's been actioned by the government yet. No, not but that probably will change by the time this gets <laughs> put out. It probably will have changed by then. Well, we jokingly aside, it was only a week ago, said, hey, <clears throat> wouldn't it be a really good idea if everyone just agreed like a moratorium for three months? Mm. And it looks like it's kind of heading that yeah. way. Yeah, although well, there is on mortgages now. Uh, mortgages have, have, have got a hold on them or people have the option to pay interest only or get a, a six-month deferment. Yeah. Um, again, that might change. But for small businesses, there's still a lot of unknowns. We don't know whether we're going to get rental abatements or deference, uh, deferences from landlords. Yeah. Um, staff should be okay because if they can't work with you um, and they've lost their job, they get stood down, they do get the government benefit. So it's not yes. like they've got zero, yeah. um, which is comforting. I think, um, uh, I don't know if you know uh, more detail than me, but so if so previously, if you were seeking a job or someone actively uh, yeah. getting benefit from the government, I don't want to be misquoted, but something like $500 yeah, a fortnight I think that you were given. That's doubled. I think so, yeah. Plus, now if you're self-employed but weren't originally taking benefits, you're also able to yeah. access that. Yeah. So that's uh, some comfort. At least yeah. people will be able to put food on their tables and, you know, get by. It's yeah. not a lot of money, but it's something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, what what were the girls saying when you had those conversations? Oh, look, I mean, um, you know, it's kind of gut wrenching because one of them that I had to let go um, is not from this country, so I don't know what um, benefits she'll be able to receive because from she's the Australian government because she's not a citizen. Mm. And this is the hard part, right? Because we've got so many people in this country. I mean, everyone wants to visit Australia and work here and and, and visit or potentially move here. Um, a lot of people that aren't citizens, I don't know where they're going to, especially in the beauty industry. There's a lot of like Irish people, um, like people that come into this country with skills that are transferable here, but because they're not, not residents or citizens, I don't know if they're entitled to those benefits. I, I would dare say not. Well, they're uh, kind of in real limbo now yeah. because uh, they're not residents. There's no international flights. Mm. 
they may still have to pay rent until yeah. that's organized. They're going to lose their money very, very quickly yeah. and be stuck. Yeah. So I really hope that, you know, things move along and the government sort of thinks about that. Yeah. Also, I think there's an opportunity for, for people to, you know, show, show some humanity. Yeah. Um, and in people that are in more fortunate positions to be able to help those that are in less fortunate positions. So if you have yeah. a spare room in your house and you have a friend that's been kicked out on the street, that you'd provide somewhere for them to live if someone needs some food or some help or whatever. Yeah. Um, this, is the, this is the time where we do if we are in those positions help people that I saw are in, in tough a, spots yeah. a really nice thing on Facebook today someone lives in an apartment and they decided to get um, just a piece of paper they put it in front of the lifts yeah. and they just decided to write their own name and their apartment number and they said if anyone needs anything please write under here and tell us who you are what your number is and we'll help you yeah, that's nice. and it's sort of grown into a thing where everyone knows each other's name on the floor now yeah. you know it's <laughs> toilet roll being exchanged yeah and we'll get back to the old bartering system yeah we'll, we'll do away know, with this money nonsense and we'll just exchange goods what's and money services. yeah when you need toilet paper and food right yeah right well i mean we're not even taking cash anymore which it's more like um you know everything's on card so it's like this this virtual <laughs> virtual means of exchange it's gold gold bars yeah yeah um, so businesses i don't know i mean um look i'm have come to almost at peace with the fact that you know maybe not all my clinics will survive i don't know yeah it's um can but, you hmm? sort of put that in blunt terms you mean liquidated yeah probably maybe it's potential i mean i don't know i mean i don't think anyone knows really we don't know how long we're going to be shut for whether or not like certain businesses are going to be eligible for those um government support packages i yeah. guess so for example um you know if you're say part of a franchise network yeah um are you still considered a small to medium-sized business or not? Yeah, um, that's the unique uh, thing with your company yeah. is that you are a, you know, you're a self-employed franchisee. Yes. Yet you're part of a huge network. Yeah. So what are you? You're a small business or you're, you're not? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a small business owner, but I'm I'm past almost like, you know, you're part of a giant Lego set. You know, you you're just one you're one section is individually. I'm responsible for all the bills and the financial responsibilities that go along with owning a business. Yeah. But you're also part of a much much larger organisation with yeah. a lot of money. So, you know, depends on how you get defined. And I don't know. There's still some uncertainty around that at this stage. As far as I'm aware, we're not entitled to those things, which makes it tougher because we fall into this sort of yeah limbo weird, land. weird sort of category. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's worth touching on what I'm doing. Yes. So obviously I haven't worked this week. Um, I think I've just mentally decided I'm going to take this week off and just absorb everything. It's been too crazy to really think day by day what's happening. You know, of course, am I eligible? Because I'm self-employed to any of uh, these funds. Um, yes, I've got some savings, which is fantastic. It's a bit of a cushion, but... You know, that won't last very long for anyone yeah, if this goes on for, for months and months and months, six months, a year, who knows? Mm. Um, so, yes, I'm actively looking for hospital jobs. Um, I'm in a bit of a weird situation because my skill set is surgery. Mm. No one needs surgery at the moment. I mean, of course, there's cancer cases going on and things like that, but that base is covered. You yeah. know, there are surgeons in the hospital still doing that job. Whereas what they really need is anaesthetists, intensivists, uh, ventilators, ED doctors, GPs. Yeah. It doesn't really fall into my remit, but I think eventually anyone with a medical license will be called upon yeah. to stand there and do something, and I'm kind of ready for that. 
But um, yeah, yesterday I spoke to a locuming agency where there may be some vacancies for me to help in the COVID clinics to test people. Yeah. So that's something I'm sort of uh, in the process of doing. Um, there's still a lot of red tape. You know, when, you, when you're a doctor, you can't just say, hey, I'm turning up on Monday. <laughs> you got police checks, working with children checks. Yeah. Um, uh, you've got to prove you're a doctor. You've got to get references and so on and so on. So unfortunately, these things will take time, even though I'm sat at home ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I guess if there's a lot of nurse injectors out there wondering what they can do, uh, I know that one of your nurses down in Canberra is helping in a COVID clinic, yeah. Rogan. Um, so, you know, there, there are things that you can Rogan. do. Yeah, shout out to Rogan. <laughs> um, but, you know, unfortunately in our industry, and this is really relevant to what we spoke about in previous podcasts with yeah. Penny, there are many nurses who've gone into nursing to be an injector and they have no... Yeah. experience uh, very little yeah. in a hospital or, or anything so I don't really know where those people go for now yeah I mean of course you've got a nursing license you, you, you can legally do something but it's going to be hard yeah I guess if you're not using those skills all the time it can be difficult to sort of well, oh look it's confronting even for me I worked in a hospital for ten and a half years and I saw some major major shit I can tell you that but um, for me it's even confronting you know because yeah. I don't really well i don't think anyone really knows what this is going to look like right now you know i've reached out to colleagues um in the uk and well all over the world to be honest and they're further ahead than us in australia they're probably two or three weeks ahead in terms of the numbers the numbers of dying the presentations to hospital i know big aesthetic doctors who are now in ed um or joining ed you know everyone is literally calling all hands on deck all hands on deck exactly and it's really, really confronting because you haven't, you might not have done this in five or ten years, yeah. and suddenly someone literally cannot breathe in front of you, and you're like, "What do I do?" Mm. So, um, you is know, is it like riding a bike? There is it some skills you just don't forget, or yes and no. You, of course, it's not like it's not like throwing you into ED. It's, <laughs> it's of course different, <laughs> but yeah. you know, you won't be up to date with the COVID training, how to yeah. protect yourself, how to put your mask on, yeah. how to um, get changed at the start and the end of the day, so you're not cross contaminating and taking infected clothes home. Yeah. Um, all these things, and I guess, policies and procedures and safety measures and techniques have all moved on. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're sort you know, of even just basic life support, you might have done it ten years. Ago. Well, you should be doing it every year as a doctor but you know some of these protocols change a lot and if you haven't been uh in sort of a medical practice you're going to be rusty yeah for sure um, it's still better than nothing but right still, exactly it's still better than nothing so i think we've all got something to offer yeah but um yeah it's going to be yeah full on i don't th i don't think maybe a lot of people realize that you know whilst 80 percent of people only present with mild or asymptomatic out to completely mild symptoms or completely asymptomatic um there's still a lot of people that might not die but are still going to require critical care yes. um and we've only got what two thousand intensive care beds in australia currently roughly not including the emergency little um, hospitals that people potentially are building around the place yeah that's right um, and uh so the two thousand beds is actually not a lot really when you think about a population of like 22 million people yeah um that's two thousand beds and then you have to think about well there's still people that are going to get sick from other things during this period there's still people with cancer there's still people you know with you know heart disease and diabetes and just your run-of-the-mill accidents. I mean, these things are still going to occur. So yes. what happens to all these people that are getting sick during this period as well? I mean, it's, it's literally going to be if there's a bed available, yeah. you can have it. And if not, unfortunately, you 
can't. Yeah, and that's what makes it so difficult because people that are in that 80%, it almost feels like this is not such a big deal. And then yeah. but for the people that do get affected, potentially very life-threatening, and even if they don't end up with the worst possible outcome, which is death, I mean, it can still get pretty scary. I mean, I'm hearing stories of people in their 30s and 40s that still thought they were going to die yeah. um, who had no comorbidities. We've seen... Uh, and they're rare. They're rare, know, but they do occur. Yeah, there's these viral videos of yeah. people on oxygen gasping for breath who are in their 30s and 40s saying, yeah. guys, this is yeah true. This is serious. And I heard today that sometimes it's, it's not just about your age. It can also depend on your blood type. Blood, certain blood types may be more susceptible than others. So you may be perfectly healthy yeah. um, and have no comorbidities, but you may have a certain blood type or genetic predisposition that makes you very, very vulnerable, even though on the surface you may look like someone that should probably be unaffected. Yeah, I mean... All and then you've this, got people in their uh, 90s who are surviving. There was this lady in Italy, I think she was 90, whatever it was. She was the oldest person to survive the virus and she said she feels absolutely fine. So it feels like it's almost random in some in some respects as to who it's going to affect the most. But there are still trends, right? Of course, yes. So over 70, uh, of course, that's the vast majority of people needing help and yeah. unfortunately passing away. But, you know, no one's bulletproof. Um, there are small numbers of children affected. Yeah then sort of, you know, younger adults and then, of course, the elderlies. But, yeah. you know, and this myth of, uh, you know, it's not going to be me, it's just it's just not true. Well, that almost makes the, the virus more dangerous. If it was like close to 100% mortality rate, Everyone you watch how quickly people home. would lock down. People yeah. wouldn't be like opening their front doors. <laughs> they wouldn't be answering phone calls in case they catch something over the phone. People, the I think you'd actually get a lot more compliance oh, and you'd sure. shut down the virus a lot more quickly if it was actually more dangerous. Or in if terms it affected children. Yeah. Because people would say, I'm not having my kids affected. I'm yeah. taking them out of school and I'm yep. going to bed down at home. Yeah. Um, so it almost feels like it's almost the perfect virus to disrupt. But that's the irony because yeah. it's these people who unfortunately don't see the seriousness who are Going kind of creating the problem <laughs> yeah. by, you know, we're trying to flatten this curve as we keep yeah. on saying. And yet if you're not out flattening the curve you're increasing the curve well we've almost we've almost as a society created this problem because we're telling people people are used to being able to do whatever they want whenever they want they can achieve anything They've, like it's just this impact this i guess this um this empowerment that a lot of people have yeah almost makes it very difficult now to pull that back and go hold on a second you actually have to stay inside you can't go to house parties you can't go to the beach it's like people are like well, hold on a second this doesn't compute with me because I've always been able to do what I want. And I think that always makes it more difficult. We saw Bondi just, what, three yeah. or four days ago on the news? Bondi. There's people, there was photos oh. from California. There was photos like... Spring break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just using a local example oh, yeah. because it was like a football match. Mm. It's like, I don't know how many, 20, 30, 40,000 people just living their life. And I get it. You, you don't think it affects you, but unfortunately it, don't, it really does. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're young, you feel, you feel invincible and bulletproof. Yeah, um, but it is going to be it's going to be um, it's going to be a bumpy ride um, for sure. And um, you know, as everyone keeps saying, I think it's going to get worse before it before it does get better. Yeah. Um, but I think this is this is the time we all need to pull together. So um, to summarise, from tonight, you guys are closed. Your yeah. clinics are closed. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of bonsai work happening um, <laughs> over the next few weeks. Which Look, is, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll learn to cook yeah. or. Maybe you've teach me bonsai. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we have to do virtual. Yeah, there we do. Bonsai we do Instagram classes. live uh, first uh, tree styling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, 
I think we've agreed that we're going to continue the podcast yeah. as best as we can. There may come a time where we can't. Yeah. Um, just to clarify that, you, in, in terms of we can't, we're talking about just this current point in time with the virus. Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. Not with, yeah. No, no, no. Not, not indefinitely. Not yeah. No, no, no. Um, so we will be exploring using a program called Zoom, which is uh, like a teleconferencing yeah. thing, a bit like Skype. Yeah. But... Uh, We'll see how that works. I mean, look, if we can put something out there, that's better than nothing. Yes. And at least that way it gives us, us an opportunity to reach out to people internationally, yep. potentially. Um, I think what we will try and do, because we've, you know, it seems a bit ridiculous to talk about anti-wrinkle treatments, <laughs> um, would be to try and reach out to some of my colleagues abroad who mm. used to be doing that same position yep. as me, but who are now, yep. you know, working in the NHS or wherever they are in the world. Yep. See what people are up to, what strategies people are taking abroad see what the situation is on the ground you know you can sort of read the BBC news or whatever but sometimes it feels a little bit um, filtered you're not really seeing what's happening on the ground yeah so if we can bring you that I think that would be really valuable and uh, worthwhile yeah and maybe we'll even do things like um, getting people on that might be able to assist um, with whether it be people like Fiona Tuck who is going to talk to us tomorrow um, about what people can potentially do to bolster their immune systems um, during this point in time. Yeah, and just um, eat healthily with yeah. potentially less available. Yes. Um, I've reached out to Bobak Moini, the, the co-founder of Laser Clinics Australia, to potentially do a Zoom. He's in self-isolation as well. Um, yeah. Reach out and have a chat to him about advice for business owners, particularly in this industry around what they can do to try and survive this onslaught. Yeah. Um, if it does go to a point where they do need to close their doors, we can maybe explore things around liquidation. Yeah, what it means, how yes. do you formally do it, mm -hmm. what happens, the process. Yeah, and then just some tips on people for people on how to rebuild. And I think it's important to, to note that, you know, when this is all going to be said and done um, and that, that there will be opportunities to regrow. I mean, out of every disaster comes an opportunity to rebuild. Yeah. Um, so I think that hopefully once this passes, there will be a quick recovery for, I guess, both people's health and the economy and jobs. Um, it's almost like a cleanse <laughs> to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, you wonder whether, I can only think of injectables because it's, it's what I do, whether there'll be a bit of a, like you said, a, a resetting of the yeah. bar. We will all... You know, we were talking about script, scripting yeah. and Skyping and, yeah. and uh, medical compliance with the guys from Fresh Clinics yeah. just, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Maybe Gosh. we'll all just come together and play nicely and yeah. do it properly. Did you hear that ambulance that just went past? Yeah. That has increased a hundredfold in the last week or so. Yeah. And they're all seem to be heading up towards, if anyone listening, I live near a, a, a rather infamous um, place called The Gap um, in Sydney um, where a lot of people go to commit suicide. Really? Yeah. Um, and you hear, I'm hearing a lot of ambulances heading in that direction. Jesus. Um, and that's something that people haven't thought about as well as the amount of people that will not be able to, to cope mentally um, with this situation and will feel so helpless that, you know, we will see, sadly, probably suicides happen as well. I mean, it's not just the virus itself that's going to take people's lives. It's going to be people who feel so defeated and so so helpless that yeah. they will take their own life, which is almost even more tragic. Yes. And I think that's uh, just given me an idea that we need to reach out to Gary Goro, mm. who we had on to talk about meditation. Yeah. I think... 
I actually did send him a text. Did you? If you're listening, Gary, text me back. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hope you're okay, Gary. I know that you are because I saw a video yeah. of you a few weeks ago. Um, maybe we could do a live meditation. I've never meditated in my life, but yeah. maybe we can start. Yeah, like a guided meditation, yeah? Yeah. Something like that. So that's yeah. something that we Look, can we're try we're just going to reach out to all the people that we know. Maybe it might be previous guests. It might be people in our personal lives, friends who we think can add value in some way, whether it's a something that people can um, take in terms of advice for their businesses, for their families, um, for their own health, um, whatever it is, we'll try and bring you information um, from people that we've got in our lives that might be able to assist in some way. Yeah. Um, we were sort of weighing this up and it, it seems super inappropriate, but we've got five episodes recorded yeah. before all of this kicked off. Mm. Um, one was with um, the gentleman who invented the heel yeah, light. Professor Calderhead. Calderhead. Yes. Um, we did one with a lady called Renee Lapino. She's the sort of London known skin as guru. London yeah. Skin Guru. If you guys do turn around and say, do you know what? This is all a bit too heavy and we just want a bit of old inside aesthetics. We're happy to put them out. We just don't want to be insensitive. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do a poll or something on a story yeah. and get your opinions. Yeah. So we'll, 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 um, as, as best we can and as, as, uh, things allow and hopefully zoom will, will make it easy for us to do this is to try and keep bringing you guys content every week that you find useful. But as, as Jake said, if you want us to, uh, throw out some of the old recorded content, which is in line with what we've traditionally been doing, then we can do that as well. Yeah. We just don't want to be too gloomy, but yeah. <laughs> let's be real. This is oh, pretty hard at the moment. It is, you know, but I think that all you can do is the situation's happening, no matter, whether we like it or not. Um, and I think that you can choose to try and take positives out of it. You know, take the time to educate yourself on something that you'd wanted to learn about, whether you start listening to eBooks or learn another language or learn a new skill or pick up a hobby that you haven't been able to, to sort of get to in a while or reconnect with friends or family that you've been neglecting. I've um, got to say, actually, I've had some really nice text messages yeah. from people who, who haven't heard from in a long time and yeah. it just makes you think okay yeah this is uh serious but also cool that i'm reconnecting with yeah. people so take advantage of the time do something constructive with it um because this will this will pass yeah it will um and uh, you know i think when we come out on the other side we'll be more enlightened more resilient um and hopefully be a little kinder to each other and, and the planet 100 percent. so it's a nice uh Way to end. Yeah. Well, um, our, our thoughts and prayers um, go out to everyone that's listening, everyone that's suffering, whether it be physically, financially, both. Yeah. Um, you know, reach out, send us messages. If you've got ideas for podcasts, if you've got guests that you think would be appropriate for us to chat to, we're happy to, you know, engage in those conversations. And if we can find an angle, let's run with it. I mean, let, let's pull together as, as a community and, and help each other out to get through this in, in no matter what, in whatever way that we can contribute. Definitely. And if you're an injector, you know, I'm happy to speak through text, DMs, whatever, if you have just a bit of support mentally whatever i'm happy to have a chit chat so yep. don't feel shy reach out yeah all right everyone take care out there take care guys <laughs>